Welcome to the Well Women Co. podcast, and thanks for tuning in to the Word First series, a series of short weekly Bible studies to build up your faith and refresh your soul to live in freedom, joy, and peace. The storm is raging around us, and without an anchor for a soul, we'll find ourselves tossed to and fro by the latest controversy or conspiracy. We're not promised the kind of peace the world craves, which is described as tranquil and free of conflict. However, the Father does promise to give a peace that cannot be taken away no matter the circumstance we find ourselves in. John 1 reveals that Jesus was the Word, and that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is still the Word today, and His Spirit that dwells inside of us brings the words we read on the pages alive in our hearts. Word First series is the practice of cultivating a lifestyle in which we look to Him first to satisfy us, fulfill our desires, and provide for us and guide for us. A word first lifestyle is knowing how to apply his living words in our everyday lives and deepening our trust in God to keep his promises. My desire for you is to find this place of refuge in the Father and from the place of security in Jesus, walk in greater levels of authority and steadfast purpose throughout your days. If your soul is weary or sad, if you're stuck in the middle waiting for promises to be fulfilled, if you feel confused as to where you're headed, you're in the right place. So thanks for joining us in this Word First series. Let's dig in. Today's episode is sponsored by our free Six Steps to a Miracle Morning Guide. This beautiful and short ebook is my secret miracle morning routine that I do every morning, okay, almost without fail. Since implementing these six simple steps each morning, I get more done. I respond versus react when things don't go as planned. I reach my goals quicker and with ease, and I live each day with clarity and intention about how I can fulfill my purpose each day. The best part is that I've learned how to engage my faith and activate the Word of God. Not only am I accomplishing more of what matters, I'm becoming more like the woman I want to be. Each step is simple, takes only a few minutes, and putting them all together feels like magic. So grab your free guide at wellwomenco.com or in today's show notes. Get your free six steps to a miracle morning guide ebook download right on your computer or device at wellwomenco.com or in the show notes. I promise if you don't already, you're going to love mornings again. Become who God created you to be and do the stuff you're called to do. Grab your free guide now at wellwomenco.com or in the show notes. You know that song, can't touch this, can't touch this. So sorry for singing right off the bat in this episode, but I'm singing that song to you because this is going to be your new favorite song after today, because our topic of today's word first episode is untouchable. And the reality is that just like that song, that in Christ you are untouchable. This is actually a reality for you as a believer. Think about being on a balcony, a high balcony looking down below. Beneath you, you see your enemies snarling at the gate, clawing at the walls, trying to break through. And imagine being surrounded by impenetrable walls, secure and safe inside from all fear of harm. 
that's a picture of just being untouchable. No matter the presence of enemies around you, it cannot harm you. And imagine yourself going about your day today, okay? Wherever you are in the middle of your day, you're going about your day as normal. And the enemy is present, but he does not prevail. Sometimes you hear his voice, but it doesn't hold any authority over you. You're covered in an invisible blanket of the glory of God, keeping you safe from the enemy's plans. So no matter how hard he tries, he can't reach you. Why is this? Well, it's because you're hidden in Christ. You know who you are and who he says you are. His word has the final say in your life, period. Sometimes we forget that we've been redeemed and we fall victim to the enemy's harassment. And so today I want to help us draw the line in the sand together and say no more. And then you'll be singing that song instead of me over you. That enemy, you can't touch this. Try as much as you want, but you can't touch this. So let's dive in with some scripture today. Colossians 3.3 says, For you die to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, the problem comes and we forget. Like in 2 Peter verse 1 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He's given us everything we need for giving living a godly life. So think about your life right now. Maybe as a mom or friend or coworker, you have everything you need right now to live a godly life. In whatever your life looks like, he's given you the tools to do it. And it goes on to say in 2 Peter, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Do you catch that? He has given us precious promises and these promises are so precious that they literally give you and me the ability to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. So remember the picture of standing on that balcony or that picture of going through your days. The enemy is present. Sometimes you hear his whisper, but he can't touch you. Why? Because you are participating in the divine nature. Like you are living at another level in this life. And in him, like Colossians 3 Our life is literally hidden in Christ. And because of that, we're untouchable because he's given us power to share in his divine nature. We have the power within us to escape the corruption, which I like to think of mixture that comes from the human selfish desires we have. So what is like human selfish desires? It means doing or wanting things outside of his creative order or blessing. It means anything outside of something that he's ordained for us, anything that's like apart from him, anything that we're trying to do, any way we're trying to fill our cups that is apart from his love and his ways of of loving us and filling us up. So instead of looking for the quick fix in any given situation, our focus should be nurturing our faith. And I get it, like sometimes life is hard. Sometimes days are just freaking long and we come to the end of them and we're like I just want to watch a movie and this happened last night my husband was gone for the evening it was just me and my daughter and I was tired I was like let's just watch a movie and we only got 50 minutes into it before we both got too tired we just read a few books and went to bed and watching movies is not wrong right but it's this whole idea of like our flesh is weak and a lot of times when we're stressed out 
or we're tired, we look for these quick fixes. Or sometimes when there's things that come up in our heart that are warning signs and like, okay, something needs to, there's something that's being triggered right now in my soul, in my heart. I should probably figure out like what's behind that. So many times it's easier to brush over it and then get a quick fix or get distracted with something else instead of leaning into that space and say, Lord, what is going on here? And what's your heart for this situation? And how do you want to fill me up? How do you want to restore me and refresh me? So sometimes it's as simple as just pausing and nurturing our faith, saying, Lord, okay, I'm going to invite you in to this moment. And it goes on in Second Peter when it talks about this precious promises and this divine nature he's talking about. Like, what does that mean? What would it look like if we were to really live our lives in a divine way? Like, that would be crazy. That would set us apart, right? From those who don't know him yet. Well, it continues to say in Second Peter 1, in view of all this, in view of the precious promises, in view of the divine nature, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Okay, so here in Second Peter, God's actually giving us a roadmap. He's like, okay, this is how you participate in the divine nature. This is how you essentially crack open the benefits of these precious promises and implement them into your life. Here we go. So listen up, okay? It says supplement your faith. Okay. So he's saying right off the bat, like we can actually add things to our faith. Wow, I didn't really realize that. But he's saying here, we can add things to our faith. Supplement your faith. Just like we supplement our diets with vitamins and minerals, right? The same way he's giving us clues here of what he wants us to supplement our faith with. So it says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like that is wild. I've actually had this scripture kind of listed out in list form on my phone screensaver for quite a while now. And it's like my daily benchmark of like, okay, how did I do today? Because isn't it wild that he's ask, actually inviting us into supplementing our faith with these things? And he's, in, essential, in essence, commanding us to do it. Because he says, when we do, then we can participate in the divine nature. Then we can escape the corruption caused by human desires, by our own desires that rise up within us. He's talking about adding to our faith. So faith is believing in something we do not yet see, right? We have to have faith to come to him, to believe in him. And we have to add to our faith this excellence he's talking about. So moral excellence. Like we could dive into each one of these and talk probably for a whole episode about each one. And so what I encourage you to do, I'll put this verse in the show notes, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. 
And I'll put these in the show notes so you can actually go back to the scripture and list it out. Like do a word study on what these words actually mean and use them as a daily benchmark. Like how did I do today adding excellence into my day? Like did I make my bed today? You know, did I wash my face and slap on a little bit of makeup today? Did I... um, leave my car after I got home and like clean it out, you know, make sure there's not a bunch of clutter on the floorboards. Um, How am I keeping my home? Like these are just ideas of excellence that I hold, right, in my own life. For you, you might have other areas in your life where you are, you have the value of excellence. Excellence in your character, you know, excellence in integrity. That can be other um, dimensions of excellence, And knowledge, like, okay, are we growing in knowledge? Are we reading books? Are we listening to things that we are able to learn? And I want to make a point here. It doesn't always have to be so spiritual, right? Like, it doesn't just have to be reading the Bible. Like, he's talking about knowledge. So what is an area that you have interest in? Is it gardening? Is it health and nutrition? Um, Is it history? Is it politics? I don't really care, but just make sure that you're actually adding to your faith knowledge, like you're growing in wisdom and understanding. Patient endurance. Oh, snap. This is the one. I'll tell you right now. Patient endurance and brotherly affection are the ones that I have to be really intentional with because as I talked about in a recent episode, compassion episode, that is not in my nature to have compassion or be patient, right? Like I want things done now. I want things done right away. And so I've had to grow in this and allow the Lord to help me. And then brotherly affection, like because a lot of times in the past, especially I valued the doing over the being. Sometimes I have to have patience for people around me and like just take time to like love on people, love on my family, like love on my husband instead of like, okay, what's the next thing we need to do here or get done? And so those are two where I have to like highlight, right? When I'm writing this verse out or I'm going through this inventory at the end of the day, how did I do in these areas? And the Lord helps me like because I'm aware of it, I can identify moments throughout the day where I'm like, okay, here's a chance to practice patient endurance and brotherly affection and whatever other areas that I'm going to add to my faith that day. And it's really significant, um, the result of when we live a lifestyle like this, of learning how to supplement our faith with these things. But when we forget that our life is hidden in God, when we forsake him as the answer and look for another solution apart from him, this is when things get really dicey. So the most sobering verse at the end of Second Peter is this, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind. Whoa. Again, really strong wording here. But he's saying that those who don't add these things to their faith or those who don't diligently work to add to their faith these components, Peter calls them short-sighted or blind. Why? Because they forget that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So this is like the crux of the matter is that I cannot have faith apart from God. I cannot have patient endurance apart from God or self-control apart from the spirit of God, right? But when I lose sight that his spirit dwells in me, when I lose sight of his free gift, when I lose sight of these precious promises, then I fall back 
into the corruption caused by human desire. Then I forget that I'm forgiven. I forget the precious promises. And I forget that I've been cleansed, like this verse says in 2 Peter 9. I forget that I've been cleansed from my old sin. And then here's what happens. I start living like my old self. Because I forget that I've been cleansed, I start to live like I'm a sinner again. I start to live in my old nature rather than living in the new creation that I've been created for. And so let's dive in a little bit more of this flesh life. Like I talk about this a lot, especially in this series, like the flesh. What is the human flesh? And like, why is this such a negative? Well, the flesh is essentially our human nature, okay? Our human nature apart from the redemption through Jesus Christ. So it's our earthly nature of man apart from divine influence. It's prone to sin and it's opposed to God. So if I'm living in my flesh, all I'm consumed of is what I want, what I desire. I have no regard for others and no regard for God. And that's a really dangerous place. That's why we have so much hurt and sin and brokenness in the world because a lot of people are living out of their flesh Either they haven't given their life to the Lord, or maybe they have, but they still haven't surrendered it fully to the Lord. And Romans 8, 8, another super sobering verse says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That is another wild statement. And I'm just realizing like, wow, I should have probably give you the heads up. Today is a little heavy. Like today is um, topics that you probably won't hear on a Sunday. And if you do, that's amazing. And maybe we should hear more of this. But this is truth. Like, this is in the Bible. This is not my words. It's not my thoughts or ideas. Like, this is straight from the word. Because, again, he's good and everything he does is motivated by love. And so he's trying to tell us, hey, if you live your life in the flesh, like it says in Romans 7 and Romans 8, then the result is death. But if you live by the spirit, it's life and peace. So Romans 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so also when I think of the flesh, I think of our five senses, right? What you see, what you hear, smell, taste, touch, etc. And, but when we put too much weight, like all of our weight on our five senses, and we're making every decision based on what we see, based on what we feel, then we actually end up giving over access or authority in certain areas of our life to the enemy. So remember that enemy that's like there, he'll whisper, Well, if we have a part of our life that we're like holding tight control of, that we're not allowing the Lord in, that we're just using our own wisdom, our own strength to figure out, well, then that's kind of like ground where the enemy can play with us and mess us up. And I've had seasons of life in my life like this, where I am relying on my flesh. I'm letting my flesh lead me. And after uh, high school, a little bit in high school, but for sure after high school is when I went through a season of just partying and promiscuity, rebellion. And it's like I knew God. I had experiences with God and I was living my own life. I was, I had this dream of becoming a famous hairstylist to the stars and traveling and doing educating. And it was like, you know, I believe talents and gifts he had given and deposited in me, but I like took it. I took it and I ran. I didn't care what I was doing. I didn't care that I was dishonoring him. I just was living 
by my feelings. And if I wanted it, I got it. And if I wanted it from someone else, I got it. And um, looking back, like it was a miserable time. I had no joy. I had no peace. I was trying to fit in in crowds that I didn't belong into. I was spending time with people who lusted after me. They didn't love me for who they for who I was, and it was awful. And um, then you know, fast forward. Thankfully, that season only lasted a couple years, um, which is too long, but it didn't last too long um, before I snapped out of it and realized, okay, I am living, um, I'm not on the right path and I want to get back on God's path for my life. But then even in different seasons, you know, holding tight physical fitness, like so, so much having control around my body and my body image and what I looked like on the outside. And that was at the expense of my health. And in Galatians, it kind of lists out works of the flesh. And so again, I love the Bible sometimes, like how it's so practical. And so this is another like quick inventory, you know, of our lives. Like, okay, how much life am I living right now just based on my own feelings or based on my own desires, okay? So I'm going to list out this list that's listed in the Bible. It's not my own words. That describes works of the flesh. So it's sexual immorality. It's impurity. It's sensuality. And that word sensuality is not just like a sexual term. It's like senses where what you see with your eyes, like you just want it. So it's this whole idea of like needing what you see because like your senses are engaged in something. Idolatry, enmity, pride, envy, strife, jealousy. That's another one, right? In this day and age that's so easily consuming because we see the highlight reel of everyone else around us at all times. On our worst day, we're sitting there looking at the highlight reels of everyone else and it does not help in the area of jealousy, right? Fits of anger, divisions, and drunkenness. So those are a few examples of like works of the flesh. So any of those components are really a manifestation of our flesh life apart from Christ. And, you know, when I look back at my own, my own journey and seasons of life that I was fully operating out of this, right? There's a, there's a component of like day to day killing the flesh, right? This is a constant journey. This is not like, well, I killed the flesh back in 1992 and I've been fine since. Like this is a, this is a daily journey, but there has been seasons in my life where I have been um, captivated by my flesh and I was in a sense like shut God out of my life and out of the decision making of my life and um, lived through the flesh. And when I look back on those times in particular, I can see that I responded impulsively without God's direction. So maybe he would give me a vision or a sense or like an idea and I would say, thanks God, I'd grab it and I'd run, run with it without engaging him in the process. Um, I had resentment when others succeeded in areas that I am wanting to grow. Like if I wanted to be a successful author, if I wanted to succeed in business, then when those around me who were even close to me or my friends had success in those areas, it was easy for me to hold resentment or bitterness because they were succeeding in the very area I wanted to succeed in and wasn't there yet. And that's not right. And also like the envy of the blessing of others. Like that can be another sign that we are living from the place of the flesh when we just have envy when other people are blessed and that should not be so. 
So let's talk about what is the fruit of the spirit? Like when we're not, when we're leaning into the precious promises, when we're living from revelation of the precious promises and living in the divine nature, then what do our lives look like? And what is an invitation for us? Well, the opposite of the works of the flesh could be said that it is the fruit of the spirit. So what is the fruit of the spirit? I love um, the fruit of the spirit in the passion translation. In Galatians, it says joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Like that's a beautiful list. And that's not just some far off dream that we hope to aspire to someday. That is our reality living by the spirit of God. It's not in our own strength. I cannot have a peace that subdues and patient that endures, believe me, without yielding to the spirit of God living inside of me, working these things out through me. It's not my own strength. So we got to, we got to catch that. In Galatians 5, the end of Galatians 5 in the Passion Translation, it says, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. That's the key. Our lives are truly hidden in God. Like, again, this is our reality, like I said at the beginning. It's not just a nice spiritual idea. Like, this is our reality in Christ. We are truly accepted by God. It says that in Romans 8.10. And we have to remind ourselves on days where flesh wants to take over that, no, I have been crucified with Christ. My old self-life is put to death. Sometimes that self-life wants to come back from the dead. And we just have to remind it, um, sorry, you're dead. That old brook is dead. I have been crucified with Christ and now I allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. So that's another key to all of this, of living in this divine nature, is inviting the Holy Spirit of God into every part of our lives, like every part of your life, like what you have for breakfast, every part of your life, like what you're going to put on to wear every part of your life, like where you go and get gas every part of your life. I'm telling you, he's got keys, he's got secrets, and he wants to walk with you that closely. Psalm 91.1, I've shared this verse before. It says, when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, which means God, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So we need to draw close to God. We have to draw close to God. And I'm telling you, when you draw close to God, it gets hot. Like the heat gets turned up in your life and things that don't need to be there get burned up. And at first it feels a little painful. Like what, what the heck? I like that thing. (laughs) I like that picture. I like that painting. Like why is it burning up right now? But it's for our benefit. We are getting close to God so that we can hide in the strength of God most high. So how do we live untouchable? Again, this, this song keeps popping up in my head ladies, but I'm not going to sing it because I love you. And I know that's probably not fun to listen in your earbuds or in your car, wherever you are, me singing that song. (laughs) So instead, let's just wrap this baby up and talk about being untouchable because this is our reality in Christ. Number one is repent. 
Like we have to continue to change our mind daily, right? Not a one-time thing, daily, to change our mind about our position in Christ. Like we are seated with him. Remember in Galatians 5, our lives have been crucified with him. Our old self-life was put to death on the cross with him. And now the spirit is the source of our life. So we have to remind ourselves and change our mind and say, God, the flesh is dead. The old brook is dead. The old me is dead. And now the new me lives by the power of your spirit. So that's number one. Number two is respond. So I would encourage you, memorize 2 Peter 1, 5 through through 8 and supplement your faith with those things. Write it down on your planner, um, stick it on your fridge, just something where it's in front of you on a daily basis because we humans, we're fickle. Like we need these daily reminders and we need it ingrained in our brains to um, have intention around them. But adding self-control, adding brotherly affection, patient endurance, kindness, right? Adding these things to our faith helps us live in the divine nature, which leads me to number three, we have to receive We have to receive and meditate on the truth that we are fully accepted in Christ. Meditate on the truth. What does it mean to live in the divine nature? What does it mean to allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives and just start to invite him into those places? Um, Next, I would say rejoice. Like rejoice. This is freaking good news. Declare that you have all you need in him. Remember, you have everything right now that you need for a godly life in Christ. You have everything you need to succeed. Everything has been deposited in you and he's provided the provision before you even get the vision. Like he, you have it all in him and we all only have to ask for it. And then lastly, rest. So find the secret place with him in his shadow where nothing can touch you. Like learn to live in that place where you are so close to his heart where nothing can touch you. The enemies may arise. The enemies may snarl and claw and try to get at you, but you just know you're with your daddy and nothing can touch you. So in closing, repent, like change your mind about your position in Christ, respond. I encourage you, whatever, like if you do anything from this episode, please, please, please look up the scripture, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, put it on your phone, put it on your agenda, because this scripture will allow you to live in the divine nature. Three, receive, meditate on these truths, receive them for yourselves, rejoice, like practice this spirit of thanksgiving for all that he's given you in advance that you need to live a godly life and then rest, like just rest in him, lean back in him, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And so I want to know how this episode encouraged you today and I want to know what he's showing you about being untouchable. What does this look like in your life in your circumstances right now. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to wrap up. Father God, I thank you for my precious sisters. Lord, I thank you that they have everything they need to live a godly life. Lord, I thank you that they have been crucified with you and they no longer live in their own strength, but they are now live in your strength. So I ask right now that your Holy Spirit would give them understanding and a revelation of what it means to live in the shadow of the Most High God and what it means to live 
with these precious promises in the divine nature, escaping the corruption in the world caused by human desire. Lord, thank you for changing their desires to be in alignment with yours. God, thank you for showing them in their lives the things that you are highlighting and want to bring about in their lives, the miracles that you want to do in and through them. Lord, I bless them in Jesus' name, and I thank you that they are untouchable and hidden in the Father. In your name, amen. All right, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me today. Remember to tag me at Willman Co. Let me know where you're listening in from. Rate and review on Apple Music. That's how more women grab hold of this life-giving message. And then lastly, head over to wellmanco.com for other resources. Grab your free Six Steps to a Miracle Morning Guide. You can find our books there, our programs, um, the show notes, and so much more. So I love you. Bless you. Remember, you are untouchable today. And I hope, just like myself, that song rings around and around your head today. (laughs) 